Postcards from Home Jonathan Reynolds is a husband and dad. He's also the Member of Parliament for Staley Bridge and Hyde in the UK. And he recorded his postcard on the 28th of May. Juggling full-time work, homeschooling and your children's welfare during the pandemic is stressful for any parent. Jonathan is also Shadow Secretary of State for Work and Pensions, a brief he took on during the lockdown period. This has led to a manic pace of increased constituency casework and scrutinising the government's response to the increasingly precarious employment landscape. In this postcard, he talks about that juggling act and the uncertainty that lies ahead. I'm Jonathan Reynolds. I am the Member of Parliament for Staley Bridge and Hyde, and I'm the Shadow Secretary of State now for Work and Pensions. And uh, in lockdown, I've been at home in Staley Bridge with uh, my wife, Claire, and our four children. Um, So it's been pretty busy. We, on a normal uh, sort of non-pandemic lockdown state of affairs, travel up and down the country together as a family because I have to be in Parliament sitting in London, obviously, and I have to be at home on weekends and on holidays. Our, our kind of normal family infrastructure, if you like, is, is here at home in Stanley Bridge. So one significant thing about the lockdown that's been different is we haven't been travelling. We haven't been spending that time on the uh, M6 or the M1 going up and down. And to be honest, that bit has been nice. That's uh, the first time in 10 years, to be honest, I haven't been regularly travelling between London and Staley Bridge. But um, in order to do work, obviously, I have, a, I have a study next to our front room and I've been doing live parliamentary appearances, live media appearances and lots of work and Zoom calls with all the family uh, next door. So it's been a little bit difficult at times, but um, you know, I'm, I'm conscious that being able to work from home on a laptop, still receiving your salary in terms of the relative position that puts you in in, in most countries, you know, that, that is clearly one of the better outcomes. I, what I've been dealing a lot with is constituents who've obviously not even got a job and been put onto the social security system as a result of the fact that their workplaces haven't changed. So it hasn't been easy, but I'm very much aware of that inequality that, that exists in our labour market and the privilege you've got if you're in the position I've been in. So in my uh, study, which is just off our front room, it is very carefully uh, organised so that it's the the bit that appears over my shoulders if I was appearing live on television right now would be two tidy bookcases. Um, It would look pretty smart. If you actually could see the rest of it, you would see on the left a load of kind of children's party apparatus piled up and a few pictures we took down from the walls but haven't decided what to do with. Um, On the right-hand side is a large collection of wellies, um, again, uh, some Lego boxes, some Playboy boxes. It looks like it's been burgled, to be honest. But thankfully, you can't see that on the screen. So um, that, 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 is, that is a huge advantage. Um, in front of me, I've got my laptop piled up on some books. Um, I have what's called a light ring, which is the, the crucial thing you need to stop your face looking quite shady if you appear on, on television via uh, Zoom or, or, or Microsoft Teams. Um, and the noise in the background, I can hear Netflix. It sounds like Troll Hunters, um, very popular with the youngest one. And Claire is, uh, is cooking lunch. So it's, it's, it's manic. Uh, to be frank, there's a very strong sense of guilt that we haven't been able to do the homeschooling things that we would have liked to the degree we would have liked. Um, I think if you're outnumbered by your children, it's very hard to, to do that one-to-one work anyway. Um, but I've just had so much to do. I mean, if you think about 
especially the job I've now got him in the Department of Working Pensions, covers a quarter of the entire spending of the UK government. Uh, it's clearly crucial in a crisis because, you know, we've had a, a record increase in universal credit claims and job seekers allowance claims. There would have been a lot of work to do anyway. Um, but in this situation, it's been particularly, you know, extreme. And of course, when you are going on the, the television and talking about something of direct consequence now to millions of British people, you've got to make sure what, you're right and prepared for that. So that bit has been really difficult. One thing about politics is that there are there are certain things that become immensely time pressured. So, you know, say the government announces there's some legislation coming up as they have done on, on test and trace. You know, we have to be ready for that. There's no way to delay that or put that off. If that's going for Parliament, I need to know what our position is, what we're saying, how we will vote on the main issues. And that just creates a, a you know, real intensity. You can't reschedule that. You know, you've, you've got to you've got to have that and then fit family life around it. And that, that's what makes it so hard. There's been some nice family things as well, but to be frank, yeah, I feel guilty of not being able to, to give the children as much time as I would have wanted alongside the pressures of the job. I mean, obviously, say a Monday in Parliament, the last vote is usually about 10 o'clock at night, so you, I'm, I'm used to returning back uh, home, you know, well after bedtime. So, um, you know, we have arrangements usually where, you know, certain nights of the week, I, I, I make sure I'm back in time to see them. But that's usually a fairly, you know, fixed and rigid schedule. This has been very different, being around, but not really being there. I mean, they've been joking about me hiding in the study, <laughs> you know, but um, it, that's just the nature of it. I find the hardest thing is when, they fall out with each other. So it's not like they're doing some work and they, they can't manage it, but you know, they have an argument. And, and I think the emotional resilience of, of children after this amount of time outside of their routine is, is really hard. Um, so that, that bit's been difficult. And of course, for our, for our eldest son, Jack, who has autism, people will know routine is it's just one of the most common and important things for anyone on the spectrum. Uh, you know, He's never experienced anything like this before, not just in terms of school not being open, but... We've had to, you know, we're in a situation of a shared parenting situation where there are different rules around lockdown. But but even then, you know, he's not he's not had his usual routine between our two houses in the same way. So you know that that bit has been very hard, and he can't really understand what's going on. We've got some work from his school, though. Um, you know, if you compare the resources of, a, of, a, of an SEN school to your home situation it's just not the same and, and jack couldn't follow anything online and in, in a teaching sense that just we just wouldn't be able to, to to follow that in the same way he's got some things that he likes doing here and um uh, exercise is particularly important so we've been able to you know to go on those walks with the dogs to the park and, and things like that but to be honest i mean one of the one of the really important things for jack is he usually goes to a a special autistic young people's walking group for Greater Manchester. It's a great service, and he goes usually on Saturdays for a, a you know, real decent hike. You know, several miles, seven or eight miles. He's not had that. Obviously, understandably, isn't available. So that's a big part of his exercise and and, and routine changed. Um, so it, it is it is hard. Um, you know, I, I understand the the concerns people have about schools going back, but I think people have got to understand as well for for some young people. That, that absence of routine in the usual place they, they go to receive education is, is a really significant issue. 
my parents are uh, exactly 30 years older than me and their birthdays are a day apart so they're, they're about to turn 70 next month um they um are my mum is in a, the shielding position so um they are not going to be allowed out not just when it's okay for people like me to be able to, to resume normal life you know they're going to be much longer than that um they're finding it a lot harder. Um, we had a, a, because it's my 40th birthday this year in their 70s, 70th birthdays, we had a sort of big holiday planned in August, which I, I think will just be impossible to go to. Um, and like most grandparents, you know, grandchildren is a huge part of their life. Um, you know, Sunderland is two hours away uh, from Daily Bridge. So we get to see them quite a bit in, in a normal situation, but um, it's looking, it's going to be a long time before we get to see them in, in person. And that is that is tough. Uh, in terms of going back to, to work in Parliament physically, I, you know, that clearly makes me someone who is, is less <laughs> less appropriate, even more so, you know, than, than a normal member of the public to... Um, to be able to go up. So I don't know. I don't even know at this stage whether I'll get to see them uh, on their birthdays in July. I'm guessing not, to be honest. The House of Commons is not a place renowned for its cutting edge innovation. And yet in a very short space of time, we have been able to do online voting, you know, People will know we don't even vote by button like most parliaments do. We walk through lobbies. So we've had online voting securely. We've had the ability to appear in parliament remotely using the screens and, and Zoom to do that. And that has been you know, brilliant. What we're going to next week by diktat of the government is a situation where some people can't vote because they're still shielding. So all of a sudden, some constituencies are going to lose their, their representation in a way. We'll, we'll pair people off on either side. But constituents don't really like that because they like to know understandably how you've registered the vote from your constituency um we will be able not be able to vote in anything like normal way but not online anymore so that will take four times as long five times as long and clearly be a risk because you're physically going to be standing even within two meters of people so although it's been tricky being at home in that family setting it, it, it does feel that what we're going to see next week is something, you know, really much worse than what, than what we've had. Um, and I think that's going to be quite hard to explain to people. I think we have to start trying to think about how life gets back to normal. But I think what people have forgotten a little bit about the lockdown was that the lockdown was not a response to the infection. It was there to buy us time, stop the NHS being overwhelmed. And I, and I worry because I know from history, the second waves of infection have traditionally been the most deadly. That, you know, I worry people are sort of feeling, OK, we, this has been difficult, but we're coming out of it now. Coming out of the first phase, but, you know, this is not not over in that sense. Uh, and I just worry a little bit of the message on that uh, and the willingness of people to follow what are difficult instructions might have been undermined a bit. It's really hard not to feel angry, not so much at the at the infringement from, from the Prime Minister's advisor about the lockdown because whilst that's clearly not good um i think coming out and pretending that you know you haven't done that infringement that, that your critics are acting in bad faith i mean in any situation where the people who set the rules don't abide by the rules people will get angry that's that's a fairly human uh instinct to that but i, I just worry that because of how the how this has been played effectively saying this guy's just a great dad that's why he broke the rules um 
that will that will undermine confidence in in the next stage. It is it is not inconceivable that if this if the infection rate spikes again, we have to tell everyone to go back down to a you know fairly substantial lockdown. Uh, and I just think people will be less willing to do that. And obviously, the more movement there is, the more infection there is, and the longer that state of affairs goes on for with all of the the economic and social problems that would come through that. Um, and and that, that that is a, that is a bad thing. There's, there's just no doubt about that. Um, people's trust in government changing and people's trust in the the health advice, the medical advice. If that is diminished, that's a problem. The biggest inequity is still between people who can work from home and still be paid, compared to some people who have you know never never could have prepared or, or, or been aware or, or lived their lives in such a way as to prepare for this who are now in a, in a position where not only have they lost their jobs, but their industries might not go back to the same position. I mean, if you, if you work in anything to do with aviation, you know, you don't just need the lockdown to end. You need international agreement on flights. You need the people you work for to have been financially resilient enough to get through this. You're going to want people to go on holiday, have the money to go on holiday. That, that's a much more long-term thing, you know, and, and go back to that example of my mum. I mean, would she be able, even if we were allowed technically to travel on that holiday to get health insurance and things like that well of course not there's no one's going to cover that so you know, there are some people who are really facing a, a really long tail to this um, and those people are very much in my thoughts I, I actually will remember the, the very strong sense of solidarity and actually people obeying the rules i think if you think about what we're asked of people in the main most people have um been incredible in how they've changed their, their working lives and their and their patterns and actually i think that's something we should remember i often think how the children will remember this will be quite interesting will, you know will it be a major event in their lives i think it will be um again when they're older they'll probably think did we really have you know two months where we couldn't go out except for a walk a day um, and, I, and I don't think people who haven't experienced this will will really quite be able to appreciate just what it's been like Postcards from Home is produced by Eleanor Shember using music created by Kai Engel <laughs>